0: Gotta love JD Drake, man. He comes out with those fancy boots on. For a big fella, he's pretty athletic. That's right. You love these boots. I love these boots, man. You gotta be a a tough competitor to wear fancy boots like that. Looks like the work sort the workhorsemen. They've been uh, They've done a little shopping together. You, you see these pants. You do love the tag team. You love the Coordinated gear. Now they went to Walmart together, obviously. Well, got a nice pair of pants. I, 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 I need a volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Oh, hello! Welcome to Throwing Couch Potatoes, a show about wrestling with me, Matt Baskey, coming to you from Slamcouver Island. This is a show where I talk about all the wrestling that I watched in the past week. This episode covering everything from January 29th to February 4th, and uh, in which time I watched about 109 wrestling matches. Is that a lot? Feels like a lot. Feels like too much. Anyways, let's talk about each and every one of them, shall we? But first, wind that clock back about 24 hours, because we got to talk about the Stardom Triangle Derby Night 8 from the 28th of January. Um, this... Show. I've uh, basically for the stardom triangle derby shows, I've only been watching the tournament matches from this point because uh, your boy is getting some triangle fatigue, but uh, we're reaching the end of this tournament here, so let's go through it. Classmates versus Bari Bari Bombers. I feel like I haven't seen classmates wrestle too much in this tournament, but anyways, uh, this was a 2.75. A uh, fairly decent uh, six-woman tag, but like I mentioned before, I'm starting to get a little wary of these matches. They're feeling a little samey for me, uh, which is also why I gave 2.75 to Oedo Tai versus Club Venus. Uh, I like both teams, but uh, not a whole lot was standing out for me in these matches, and that was especially the case for Aberrembo GE and uh, Unique Glare afterwards, which I gave a 2.5. It was... Um, yeah, at this point... Uh, these matches need to do something a little out of the bag to surprise me, and uh, this show wasn't doing that for the first half or so, but following that we had Money He Made with Lady C against the Neo Stardom Army, and this one had a lot more character and a lot more going on. You especially was uh, a star in this match, so I gave that one a 3 out of 5. As I did, Queen's Quest versus Prominence. Um, I had pretty high hopes for this match in particular, but uh, it was Solid, good stuff. Uh, gave it a three out of five, but yeah, uh, excited for this tournament to end so I can start watching some Stardom like singles matches. Uh, yeah, because this maybe went on a little too long. But uh, after that, on the 29th uh, DDT had a show, The Sweet Dreams or Sweet Dreams. It was uh, the end of a tour. I checked out mm, about two-thirds of the card, I'd say, uh, but I would definitely recommend you check out the opening match, the 30-person no-fee rumble. Uh, I don't know if it means that nobody in the match had to pay a fee to be in, or, or if they're unpaid, I don't know what the name means, but this is uh, DDT comedy wrestling at its finest. Just the amount of weird shit going on in this match, the... The amount of time I spent just in complete, abject confusion and wonder. I mean, this was uh, a, a battle royal that had everything. It had robots, it had little kids, and, and old men, and it had a fat tiger mask, and, and it had Oscar sort of, with an H. Uh, yeah, this match is just bonkers. It's so wonderfully weird. Uh, definitely check it out if you have a Wrestle Universe account. I gave it a 3 out of 5, which for a comedy match is very high praise indeed. Uh, I checked out Toy Kojima, Yuki Ueno, and Shinya Aoki versus Hikaru Mashida, Phantom Sak Toba, and Yukio Sakaguchi. This one was kind of interesting for me. I liked how the um, more wrestling-focused team was basically fighting guys that were really presenting like MMA boxing style uh and there was a a point where Ueno was getting his fucking ass kicked by I think Toba um a lot of these guys were new to me but this was a pretty entertaining match I gave it a 3 out of 5 another six man tag Jun Akiyama, Naruki Doi and Soma Takao versus Chris Brooks, Harashima and Yukio Naya uh, this one wasn't quite as memorable as the one before for having the, the weird boxing MMA stuff in it, but a uh, pretty solid tag. I gave it a 2.75, as I did for You had another six-man tag. This one for the KOD Six-Man Tag Team Championship, uh, Burning, Kotaro Suzuki, Tetsuya Endo, and Yusuke Okada versus Pheromones, Denshoku Den Dino, Koju Takedo, and Yuki Ino uh yeah pheromones very goofy very 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 gay uh and this match had some suitably uh, hilarious pheromones shenanigans uh wasn't quite as enjoyable as the no fee rumble but uh some silly goose times to be had in this match 2.75 and then for the kod tag team championships shun mao versus makoto oishi and shiori asahi uh wow this match was a pretty hot banger i gotta say uh both teams are very creative and uh very fast-paced and dynamic so yeah it was a pretty hot match and uh, a lot going on and a lot of stuff i'd never seen before these teams work really really well together uh yeah definitely recommended 3.5 and then your main event for the kod openweight championship Kazusada sada higuchi versus yuji hino uh, higuchi is kind of their big bad in ddt this was a pretty entertaining match mostly the guys chopping the absolute shit out of each other um definitely a very uh strong style striking forward encounter but uh, pretty enjoyable stuff 3.25 good show overall definitely uh, check it out if you're into ddt And then I also checked out night three of the TJPW Max Heart Tournament. Uh, This opened with a uh, three-way Haruna Neko, Yuki Aino, and Raku. Not terrible, but a bit of a messy bout. I gave it a 2.5. Then we had Arisu Endo, Suzume, and Yuki Arai versus Hikari Noah, Nao Kakuta, and Kaya Toribami. Uh, I got to say, I think it was Toribami especially really shone in this match. Uh she came out with a lot of a lot of energy and a lot of uh, panache. Uh this was a 2.75 for me. Not super memorable, but it was enjoyable. Uh, I gave a 3 to juria Nagano and Moka Miyamoto versus Maki Ito and Mio Yamashita. Uh Ito and Yamashita of course. Who I think their team is 12 120 million or something is the name of their team. I can't quite remember. But uh, yeah, they're an enjoyable tag team, and uh, the this was a semi-final in the tournament. Good stuff. Three out of five. And then your other semi-final tournament match, Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi versus Hyper Mazao and Shoko Nakajima. Uh, this one had a little less of the Hyper Mazao shenanigans that I've come to enjoy from her matches. This was a little more of a competitive bout, but it ended up getting the job done. Solid main event. Three out of five. Then we move over onto the 30th to the 100th episode of AEW Dark Elevation. Or is it just Elevation? I still don't know. This opened with Red Velvet versus Space Jesus Billy Starks. Uh, This was a 2.75 from me. I find Red Velvet is one of AEW's least consistent wrestlers. Some moves she hits and it looks like 10 out of 10. Like, wow, that was amazing. And then other moves she hits that look kind of awkward and... um, you know she gets better all the time and this was far from a bad match but uh, yeah both uh, these two will improve over time and I'd love to see them run it back in like a couple years 2.75 and then I gave a 3 to the work JD Drake and Anthony Henry versus Dark Order John Silver and Alex Reynolds uh, both these teams are uh, tag teams that have excellent chemistry together uh, Silver and Reynolds are a particular favorite for me uh, this was an enjoyable bout. Three out of five. Uh, next we had Brian Pillman Jr. versus Roosh. Um, <clears throat> not a fan of the Pillman. I'm not Pillman-pilled, I guess you could say. Uh, this was only a 2.5 for me. I just don't get what I'm supposed to latch onto with him. And, uh, you know, Roosh could only make this match so good. Uh, and then we had Athena and Diamante versus Yuka Sakazaki and Sky Blue. Great seeing Yuka and AEW so much lately, and they're definitely building up to Yuka versus Athena at Supercard of Honor, which is going to be really awesome. Uh, this was a fun tag match. I gave it a 2.75. Uh, after that, uh, definitely one you would want to check out from this show, Ari Divari and Tony Nice. Um, is Trustbusters Buster still a thing? No idea. Uh, they were up against Top Flight, Dante and Darius Martin, uh top flight can pretty much do no wrong anytime they're in the ring together i my eyes are glued to the screen what can i say i love this team uh this was a 3.25 for me then after that another tag match kings of the black throne malachi black and brody king versus the outrunners turbo floyd and truth magnum oh my god amazing names there uh yeah bit of a squash not as enjoyable as some of the other malachi tag matches i've seen lately didn't have that chaotic flow that some of them get that uh, is is so wonderful uh but solid tag match overall 2.75 and then your main event for the roh world championship claudio castagnoli versus blake christian a wrestler who i've only recently uh been seeing and i've grown to like quite a bit This match took a little while to get off the ground, and Claudio definitely had the lion's share of the offense against the younger Christian, but uh, it eventually built to a really, really solid bout that I uh, think you should definitely go out of your way to see. 3.5, really good for a dark match. And then over to Monday Night Raw. I gotta say, credit where credit is due, this was a better Raw than I've seen all year so far. Opened with uh, a really solid Elimination Chamber qualifier match, Seth Rollins versus Chad Gable. I mean, even WWE can't fuck up a match like that that bad. Those guys are both incredible in-ring wrestlers, and Chad Gable is a very creative mind, and he makes every match feel different and special. Uh, This was a 3.5. very solid WWE match. Uh, also, quite a fan of the match. Following it, Io Sky versus Candice LeRae. I've seen these two have a match before that didn't really do it for me. I feel like even now they still don't have great chemistry. And there was a few spots uh, at the beginning of this match that were really awkward and like their timing was just kind of off, and you could really tell. But it. Did improve to a pretty solid match, and I gave it a 3.25 at the end. However, both wrestlers are more than capable of of doing a, a better match than this, and it's just weird that they don't seem to click. But uh, still, pretty good stuff. Then another Elimination Chamber qualifier, Baron Corbin versus Johnny Gargano. This might be one of the better Baron Corbin matches I've seen, or at least can remember. Uh, Johnny got uh, quite a bit out of him, and this ended up being a solid bout. Three out of five. Uh, And then a very short, kind of pointless comedy match. The Miz versus Rick Boogs. I don't know. Barely anything happened in this. The Miz didn't want to wrestle in a suit, but he had to wrestle the Boogs. And yeah, two out of five. Eh, Didn't need this. And then another elimination qualifier... Dolph Ziggler, Bronson Reed, yeah, um, I like both guys, but uh, this just, I don't know, Ziggler TV matches, there's something about him that just doesn't hit home, but in any case, 2.5 out of 5, and then your main event, Cody Rhodes versus Finn Balor, holy shit, that's actually pretty cool. Uh, this one I gave a 3.25, a solid main event. Uh, Cody is a, you know, very talented wrestler, and he really fits in well with the WWE style. He's the kind of guy who clearly gets it and is able to use the limitations and the uh, the various... Um, flavorings of the wwe tv matches to best work in his favor and few people managed to do that so applause to the cody rhodes 3.25 really solid raw honestly um you know it's not approaching anything like a, a really good dynamite or anything like that but uh yeah they had some really good matches and i i didn't hate this one uh good stuff trips Then we have AEW Dark, opening with the Wingmen, Ryan Nemeth, Cesar Benoni, and Peter Avalon versus Top Flight, Dante and Darius, and AR Fox. Uh, Love this trio. Top Flight obviously is great. AR Fox is such a unique and uh, exciting wrestler to watch. He does stuff that nobody else does, so obviously he fits in really well with Dante and Darius. Yeah, excited to see them fight the Elite soon. This was a 3 out of 5. And we had another red velvet match. They're trying to build her up before she uh, fights Jade Cargill. This was against Sofia Castillo. Um, yeah, not quite as good as the one from Elevation, but still not bad, 275 uh, I got to say, Zach Clayton versus Fulton didn't really do it for me. This was a 2.25. Fulton's a big dude, and I've seen him in better matches than this, but uh, yeah, not uh, not for me. Then a tag bout. Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr. versus Rosario Grillo and Dean Alexander. Uh, basically, just take everything I said about Brian Pillman Jr. earlier and copy-paste it. I do like Brock, though. It's unfortunate that they're teamed team together, but I get it. 2.5. Uh, and then we have another Sky Blue match, this time against Renee Michelle. Uh, 2.5 for this one as well. Sky Blue is, is quite similar to Red Velvet. Like, she has a lot going on and just needs to, like, tighten up a few areas. And then there's, like, pretty much nothing wrong with her game, really. Um, just the sort of thing that experience will fix. And that's what Dark is for. 2.5. Uh, And then we have Shane Taylor Promotions. Shane Taylor and J.D. Griffey versus Mr. G and Dante Casanova. It's cool seeing Shane Taylor Promotions. They're a really cool tag team. I really liked their um, last Ring of Honor match that I saw at uh, what was the last pay-per-view? My brain wants to say hard to kill, but that's Impact. Ah, whatever. They're they're a good tag team. 275 and then we have Yuka Sakazaki once again, this time against Avery Bro. Um, yeah, this one, I got the sense that Yuka, having come up in Joshi, her wrestling mind is just like a few steps ahead of a lot of these American wrestlers, and you can kind of see how she really needs to slow down to, to match their style. And this one didn't quite click as uh, good as some of her other dark matches. This was a 2.5, but far from bad and then more from the workhorseman jd drake and anthony henry versus liam gray and adrian alanis um yeah i like the workhorseman but this uh i can't tell you much about it i i don't recall a whole lot about this match other than anthony henry was in it because he's great 2.5 and then your main event of dark Helico versus konosuke Takeshita. holy shit uh, Dark and Elevation really bringing it with the main events this week. And this one I also gave a 3.5. It's hard to imagine Takeshita having a match lower than a 3 for me. He's just such a fantastic wrestler. Uh, i so glad he's going to be in AEW full-time, and he's clearly being positioned as a top guy. He definitely deserves it. And Tony Khan knows how to book wrestlers like this. We're going to get some really good Takeshita matches this year. Just praying he can stay healthy but he's a big boy i'm sure he'll do fine uh yeah really decent dark some uh some fine matches uh kind of bookending this one but uh yeah definitely check out the two dark main events from this week they were very very good over to nxt which opened with the creed brothers julius and brutus versus indus share sangha and veer mahan uh yeah i like the creed brothers didn't love this match it didn't really give them a whole lot of opportunities to do the kind of creed brothers stuff that makes them so exciting uh but this match seems to be kind of to position them as baby faces again so it got the job done uh then we have zoe stark versus indy hartwell i gave it a 2.5 really not very memorable I know everyone's making a big deal out of Zoe Stark's uh, finisher on this, on NXT. It's some kind of, like, top rope springboard flippy thing from the outside. Uh, It doesn't work when you say Zoe Stark has the best finisher in rest, like, when Sol Ruka is around and she has the Sol Snatcher, like... Eh, the commentary on NXT is its biggest hindrance, I gotta say. And uh, that becomes especially evident when you see Vengeance Day. Oh, looking forward to it. Uh, then we had Dijak versus Von Wagner. Oh, Von Wagner is just like the epitome of forgettable NXT wrestler for me. Uh, Dijak's alright, though. This was a 2.5. And then, oh finally a good match we have tyler Bate versus axiom uh it's hard to imagine tyler Bate wrestling a bad match just the stuff that he does in his regular offense that uh you know like his, his signature moves it's all stuff that you don't see anyone else do and he does it like tyler Bate does um so it's He's a fantastic wrestler for me, and I'm always happy to see him. And Axiom can have a good match every now and then. Uh, he's kind of hit and miss, but so far I've seen a couple of good bouts from him. This was a 3.25, uh, better than the standard uh, NXT fare. And we had Danny Palmer versus Stevie Turner. Uh, whew, can't tell you anything about this match. Uh, very forgettable, 2.25. And then uh, a pretty enjoyable technical bout, Charlie Dempsey versus Drew Gulak. Uh, Both are great wrestlers, really enjoying what I'm seeing out of Charlie Dempsey. His facial expressions are exactly like his dad's, and it's pretty funny. Um, However, I feel like this match just needed a little more room to breathe, a little more time to really let these guys do their technical thing. Uh, I know a lot of people like this match probably a little more than I did. I scored it at a 2.75. Maybe I should have been a little more fair to it, but, uh, yeah, really good stuff. It's trending more towards a 3 than a 2.5. And, and then your main events, a triple threat tag match, The Dyad, Rip Fowler, and Jagger Reed versus Edris Anofe and Menelik Blade versus Chase You, Andre Chase, and Duke Hudson. I gotta say, all of these tag teams have cohesive identities they all are trying to do different things and be different things and enope and blade are really solid high flyers and the dyad are very dependable veteran wrestlers so this ended up being far better than i expected it to be i gave it a 3.25 um chase you is pretty fun and enope and blade they can do some pretty big jaw dropping spots uh yeah i'd say out of all the areas of nxt maybe the tag division is the best off the men's tag division that is uh yeah i don't even know if they could justify having a women's one right now but they do Moving over into February, though, we started off with, hey, it's Dynamite, oh man, and it's another smoke show. This one opening with the third match in the John Moxley Hangman Adam Page trilogy, uh, and it doesn't even look like they are done. We might be getting one more out of these two, which is fine by me, because all of their bouts so far have been exquisite. This one was a four out of five. Um, I like just how this storyline just sort of keeps building on itself, and it doesn't insist on having any crazy jaw-dropping spots. It's just these guys keep coming back and having a bigger fight each time. Uh, yeah, really enjoying it. And I'll, I'll be happy to see what is probably going to be a lights-out match. That's what I'm expecting this feud to end in. Uh, yeah, 4-5. to Great opener. Really solid stuff. Then we had the World Tag Team Champions, The Acclaimed, taking on Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum of The Outrunners. Uh, this was a pretty quick little squash. Had some fun, goofy spots, but only a 2.25 from me. And then we have Kanosuke Takeshita versus Brian Cage. Um, some may disagree with me here, but this was a better match than Brian Cage's match against Brian Danielson last week. Uh, or was it the week before? Yeah, it was last week. Uh, yeah, I scored this at a 3.75. I feel like Brian Cage does his best work when he's with another big dude that can do big indie spots and Takeshita certainly can do that Um, you know he can't really hold his own against a grappler or you know like a a pure striker or a pure high flyer but a big beefy dude he can do big spots with that's how he excels Uh, so this was a really solid match for me give me more Takeshita put him directly into my veins I want it He's so good. Speaking of Brian Danielson, we have his weekly uh, star, his like weekly star challenge match or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Danielson versus oh fuck yeah Timothy Thatcher from Pro Wrestling Noah. Uh, this was a dream match for a lot of people. I feel like some found it kind of disappointing. I still thought this delivered on all forms, and I gave it a four out of five. Uh, Very happy to see this match. It did everything I wanted it to do. Obviously, it could have been a little better, but, you know, I got what I wanted out of it, and it was a really, really enjoyable watch. Uh, Would love to see more Timothy Thatcher in AEW, although this definitely was, like, the big match you would want out of him. So uh, thanks for bringing him in, TK. This was really cool. Then for the TBS Championship, her 50th match in AEW, 50th singles match at least, Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet. Uh, Really happy Jade retained on this one. I know a lot of people were saying that Red Velvet should have won. I don't agree. Uh, I feel like there needs to be a really big challenger for the first person to beat Jade. Uh, It needs to feel huge. And uh, Red Velvet winning would be a shock, but it wouldn't feel huge. And I'm glad that they had some restraint on there. 3.25, though. This was a really enjoyable bout. Uh, these two have wrestled a few times before, so they, they work pretty well together. Uh, definitely worth your time. And then the main event for the TNT Championship, no holds barred, Darby Allen versus Samoa Joe. Aw, shit. Uh, Darby Allen, what a month this guy had. Like, his TNT Championship run was just lightning speed and full throttle all the way through uh and Samoa Joe is proving to be one of his greatest opponents you get the feeling these guys might have been born to wrestle each other uh this had some crazy insane spots uh some callbacks to Joe's career some callbacks to Darby's time in AEW yeah this match just had everything um that flew by for me and might be one that i I would go back and and check out again and i would say it was definitely the best of all of darby's tnt championship defenses 4.25 go out of your way to see this match it was an absolute smash uh yeah once again really solid dynamite tony khan has just been knocking it out of the park lately putting up killer cards that deliver wrestlers that the fans want to see there's so much to be excited about in AEW right now. It's really, really great, and I cannot fucking wait until Revolution. It's, I mean, we only know like one match on the card, but it's already my most anticipated wrestling event. Other than Defy Year 6 this week uh, on fucking Saturday in Washington Hall. Um, yeah, I can't imagine I will see a better live card this year, and you will be hearing all about it next week. But over to Impact for now on the second, which opened with, uh, or no, this was actually on YouTube, uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Aiden Prince. Uh, this was had a little more meat than a uh, Gresham squash match. Prince got a little more offense than some of his uh, opponents have recently, and this was a pretty enjoyable one, and as usual, for Gresham. Uh, this was a 2.75 for me. And then your actual opener, Bullet Club, Ace Austin and Chris Bay versus Kushida and Kevin Knight. Oh, man, what a match. Uh, These teams are both capable of doing crazy shit. They're full of ideas, and they work really well together. There was some jaw-dropping stuff in this match. Um, Worth checking out Impact just for this match, honestly. I gave it a 3.75. Really good stuff. Uh, following that, we had Giselle Shaw versus Savannah Evans. I like Giselle quite a bit, and Savannah has been pretty solid. been seeing a lot of her on impact lately. Um, good match. Give it a 2.75, but nothing really to write home about. It was better than the uh, following match, Crazy Steve versus Sheldon Jean. Bit of a squash. Crazy Steve is alright, but uh, doesn't really do anything that lights my brain on fire, you know? Uh, but again, still better than your next match, Johnny Swinger versus Kenny King. Uh, I don't remember much about it. I think it was really short. Um, yeah, really quick squash, 2.25. And then your main events an eight man tag Josh Alexander, Frankie Kazarian, Yuya Umura, and Rich Swan versus The Design, Diener, Angels, and Khan, and Callahan. Uh, this one, it was a, one of those matches that took a little while to get off the ground. And, uh, you know, I kept thinking, like, with the amount of guys in this match and the amount of time left in this show, you know, they should really just go full tilt and just try and do some crazy shit and make it memorable. And unfortunately, um, they were just taking their time with the beginning of it, and I feel like once the match really started to, like, come to a full boil, uh, the show was almost over. And I got to say, the biggest complaint I would have for this match is needs more Yuya. Put more Yuya in your show. Impact, if he's still around, you should be using him more. He's awesome. Uh, But this was a three out of five. Pretty enjoyable match. Uh, Nothing to complain about, really. But uh, I feel like they could have really delivered something special if they had uh, maybe planned it a little better. But everything on Impact pretty much shines over what happened on Main Event that week. Shelton Benjamin versus Damon Kemp. Uh, Love Shelton. Yeah, not a whole lot going on here. 2.25. And then another Akira Tozawa match, this time against Tony D'Angelo. I feel like Tozawa does his best getting squashed and then not dying right away. And when he has a, a more competitive match against uh, a not super experienced wrestler like D'Angelo, um, not only does it expose D'Angelo, but it kind of exposes like Tozawa not really clicking in that match as well. Two point two five. I like Tozawa, but I th- like they're using him a lot, and I don't know if they know what to do with him. It's weird. Um, also in the second, Wrestling Revolver put on a night at the Moxbury hosted by John Moxley, so I was very interested to check out this match. A lot of impact talent was on it. Uh so let's go through it. Opened with Evil Uno versus Jake Crist. Um surprisingly this sh- uh was a pretty short match. I gave it a 2.5. I feel like uh I don't know, Evil Uno maybe deserved a little more time than this, but uh whatever. Marina Shafir took on Blair Onyx following that. This was another short match that I also gave a 2.5. I feel like uh, for the first couple of bouts, they were really trying to speed through them, which is unfortunate because Evil Uno and Marina Shafir are both really good. Uh, Following that, we had a Speedball Invitational Six-Person Scramble featuring Speedball Mike Bailey, Jessica, Gringo, Loco, Fulton, Tyler Matrix, and Jarrett Diaz. Uh, this match was a little bit of a mess for the start, but it's a Mike Bailey match, so it can't suck that bad. Uh, it kind of came together and was something a little more cohesive near the end, and it had enough crazy spots that it was hard to hate it. But, uh, this one was maybe a little unfocused for the first, uh, couple minutes. 3.25, though. Very enjoyable. Check it out. Following that, we had Wheeler Yuta versus JT Dunn in a pure rules match with John Moxley on color commentary. Uh, I really like this one. Wheeler Yuta is obviously a great technical wrestler, and I love that he's getting around a lot and wrestling a lot of different people. Uh, yeah, this was a fun one, and Mox was uh, really good on commentary as well. Three out of five. And then for your Wrestling Revolver Championship, a uh, no-DQ match, Steve Macklin versus Crash Jackson. I don't normally care for hardcore matches, but this one was short and sweet and uh, didn't waste any time and had some pretty crazy spots. Uh, Macklin breaking a door over Crash Jackson's head and every time he broke it into a smaller piece would just keep smashing it. was admittedly pretty awesome, and I popped kind of hard for it. Uh, 2.75, good for what it was. And then for the Revolver World Tag Titles, we had Dad Scout, Dan the Dad, and Jake Manning versus Bullet Club, Chris Bay, and Ace Austin. Again, love seeing Bay and Austin. I feel like this match was like their high-flying style trying to chew through Dad Scout's goofy comedy. It was okay, but I'm kind of glad that Bullet Club won so that if I do end up watching another Wrestling Revolver match, maybe their tag title match will be... uh, uh, less goofy, because I feel like with a, a team like Bay and Austin, I'd rather just see them do a straight wrestling match. Uh, this was a 2.75, though. Not bad. Then we had Billy Starks versus Catch. Um Solid match. Uh, I can't really remember too many spots from it, other than it was just a, a fairly solid brawl. Uh, but yeah, 2.75. And then for the Revolver Remix Championship, which I believe the... Uh, the champion always chooses the stipulation for uh this was a super kick party match where you could only win off of a super kick uh this was a three out of five i feel like shelly and swan they could both like deliver an absolute banger but this one was just trying to do some things that i feel like didn't service the match super great there was like some brawling on the outside that just took a lot of time um but overall he was all right and uh, it's not like Alex Shelley is capable of putting on a horrible match this was a 3 out of 5 i, I kind of hoped it would be a little better than this I, I wish they hadn't spent so much time brawling in the crowd Speaking of spending a lot of time brawling in the crowd, your main event and no disqualifications, six-man tag boat, the Rascals, Myron Reed, Zachary Wentz, and Trey Miguel versus Second Gear crew, Mance Warner, Matthew Justice, and One Called Manders. Um, this match kind of makes me sad. Not sad, frustrated. Um, this feels like an ECW main event, and I don't really like this kind of, of uh, <clears throat> respectfully garbage wrestling where you have a lot of downtime where guys are just sort of wandering around hitting each other with stuff, you know, and just sort of drifting about waiting for the next spot to happen. I feel like my attention wavered a lot in this match and I just wish it wasn't so long and have so much stuff time where like nothing was happening. Uh yeah not for me not my type of match it's a 2.75 but for the amount of time and resources put into it this is not a good 2.75 uh you would definitely hope for a better main event than this i know this kind of match does it for some people but uh, not my style but then over on the third this is rampage baby show you've all been waiting on adrenaline pumping in the thing This one opened with The Elite defending their World Trios Championship against Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, Yeah, this was a a fun trios match for sure. It's hard to imagine uh, an elite uh, six-man tag being anything lower than solid or serviceable. And Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy have been pretty entertaining lately, although I feel like the the storyline stuff between those three guys didn't hamper this match but you know it didn't necessarily make it better either but this was still a 3.5 very very good stuff Brian Pillman Jr. took on Swerve Strickland I saw a lot of Pillman Jr. this week Uh, this was a 2.75 I feel like this match didn't show why Swerve Strickland is awesome uh, and it didn't give me any reason to feel any differently about Brian Pillman very excited to see Swerve later this week though and then for uh, your next bout, a tag match: Soraya and Tony Storm versus the Renegade Twins. Uh, unfortunately, the Renegades weren't really able to uh, pull off a hard-hitting banger like the last time they were on uh, on Rampage. So this was just okay—a uh, two-point-five for me. Soraya and Tony Storm are both wrestlers that I don't love their in-ring, but I don't dislike them as characters they're good additions to the women's division i just i don't love all their matches and then your main event it's christopher daniels versus roosh uh both former ring of honor world champions uh daniels has put on a lot of good matches lately and this one wasn't quite as good as those i gave it a 2.75 i feel like it just didn't quite get to the part where um uh, it really feels big for a Daniels match, because uh, usually that happens, and he's had some real bangers lately, but this one was just okay. 2.75. Uh, so I had a lot of the good stuff to say about Raw this week, but unfortunately I can't say the same thing about SmackDown. This one opened with Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Um... Yeah, I don't like Strowman and Ricochet as a team. Well, mostly I just don't like Strowman, and I wish Ricochet was doing something better. Um, Imperium is good, though. I don't quite remember much about this match, however. Like, there were some fun spots that uh, Ricochet was doing, just kind of like jumping off of Braun. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately it made Imperium kind of look a little stupid. Anyways, 2.5, whatever. Following that, for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship, again, Charlotte Flair versus Sonya Deville. Jesus, guys, did you really feel like this match was something that we really needed twice? On TV, no less. Um, yeah, this felt pointless. It was worse than their previous match. Uh, it, it really made Sonya Deville look like a bad wrestler. It made Charlotte look like a bad wrestler, and they were like posting gifs on Twitter of stuff in this match that just flat out didn't work. I feel like this really exposes what WWE does to people's brains. Is it like tries to train them to not know when stuff like this is just plain bad? And you know they're they're out there on Twitter trying to like show you a botch as if it's something that you're supposed to applaud and be excited for. Uh, yeah, this was really really awful. Um, well, okay, maybe that's a little harsh because I only get, ended up giving it a one point seven five. But you got to understand that anything lower than a two for me is like that's pretty bad. Like a a one would be like two people who can barely wrestle at all. And this is Charlotte fucking Flair. So 1.75 honestly is embarrassing. Don't watch this match. Skip it. Uh, And then we have the brawling brutes. Ridge Holland and my best friend Butch versus the Viking Raiders Eric and Ivor. Yeah, too much Ridge Holland in this match. Not nearly enough Butch. And fuck the Viking Raiders. Smash white supremacy. 2.5 then the elimination chamber qualifier fatal four-way for the women's uh chamber match i guess they're only having one qualifier uh before this one or, or maybe they're having another i can't quite remember anyways this one had shotzi natalia Shayna baszler and zelina vega very short match barely anything happened uh criminal on a misusage of Shayna baszler and you know even selena vega is better than this uh two out of five this was dumb and holy shit that was your main event too wow bad 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 but then from the deepest darkest recesses of your mind From the back of your psyche where all the scariest things reside comes a creature so foul and so remorseless, so horrific and disgusting that his name defies all reasoning. Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins. Homie Simpson, smiling politely. It's N.W.A. Power. Billy Corgan is back. We open with an... Odinson versus Bully Ray, no tables match. Bully Ray is not allowed to use tables, and this match leads to him being tricked into using a table. Everyone in this match looks dumb. I feel dumb for watching it. Two out of five. Then for the NWA U.S. Tag Team Championship, the Fixers, Wrecking Ball Ligurski and, Dr- and Jay Bradley, versus the Country Gentlemen, AJ Kazana and Anthony Andrews um he even said on commentary that uh the country gentlemen are, are basically like local promoters who were helping billy corgan put this show on and then they won the tag titles and it, like they got a big pop because they're local guys that the crowd knows and i just like oh billy billy you carny what are you doing 2.25 uh, and then, hey, what the fuck? We have Charlotte Renegade versus Kenzie Page. Cool seeing the Renegade twins both on this show, well, even though they're not wrestling together. Um, this was slightly better than everything else I've seen on this match. It's fucking annoying that Billy Corgan has so many shitty things to say about his women's division, and yet they end up being the highlight of his shows. Fuck you, Billy. And then your main events. Oh, God, it's the championship series final team war. This whole championship series thing is fucking stupid. So everyone's on these big teams, and if you make it to the end of this championship tournament or whatever, and you win this big elimination uh, tag match, then everyone on the team gets a title match. So why is Tyrus in the tournament? Why does he have a team full of guys where if they win, he has to fight them? It doesn't make any fucking sense, Billy. Tyrus has no reason to be in this tournament, and for all intents and purposes, he should be trying to make his team lose. Very frustrating, very stupid. The rules in this match were clearly made so that they could bullshit around having intergender wrestling in a in a mixed tag match, or also bullshit a good wrestler being eliminated. Uh, yeah, very predictable, very stupid. Uh 2.75 was the best this match could get and there was like a lot of time thrown into it. So yeah, that's not a good 2.75. Any C3 was in this match. Ugh. Yeah, not good. Not good, Billy Corgan. Do better. I doubt you can. You're quickly becoming the villain of this podcast. <sighs> Honestly, that night I was so frustrated from watching so much bad wrestling that I had to stay awake to watch something good. So I ended up watching Garden State Pros, Garden State 5. Um, I didn't watch the whole show, but I kind of jumped in with some wrestlers that I knew. Sumi Sakai and Kai. Uh, these two had a really uh, interesting bout. Um, you kind of expected a straightforward wrestling match, but for some reason, in her like retirement tour, Sumi Sakai is uh, pulling out all the stops to do as much cheating as she possibly can. Uh, this was a fun brawl, though. Two point seven five. Uh, following that, we had Bird Law, Speedball, Mike Bailey, and Veda Scott versus America's Violence Dealers, Masha Slamovich and Akira um two couples in a tag match i love it it's fun this match was goofy fun times mixed with awesome spots uh like i love veda scott leaving the comment uh leaving the ring to go join the commentary booth and then watches a replay of one of her own moves and like gives herself a bunch of praise like uh, oh this match is so much fun i can't praise it highly enough um for some goofy awesome fun times yes I gave this a 3.75 out of 5 but like that's with a huge like recommended sticker on it it's silly it's not always serious but there's also some really good wrestling in here because you've got Masha you've got Akira you've got Speedball you know Feta Scott's not the greatest wrestler in the world but she's jam packed with character and she knows what her strengths are and plays them really really well Uh, yeah love this match love it love it love it want to see more bird law i want to see bird law versus best bros do it someone book it book it now i digress we have another billy starks match this time against ruthless lala uh somebody that she apparently wrestled when she was like 14 uh this wasn't this one was all right it was a little short um and you know Nothing incredible to write home about, especially after the previous tag bout. That was so good, but this one was a 2.5. And then we have Anthony Henry versus KZ from Pro Wrestling Noah. Um, these are both guys that wrestle very um, creative, not scientific, but just dynamic styles where you feel like you could throw them in a match with just about anybody and it would be entertaining and different. Uh, and, yeah, there was some really cool stuff in this bout. Anthony Henry's great. KZ is so unique. Um, definitely check it out. It's it's uh, different from the usual uh, stuff you might see from uh, the indie scene in the U.S. This one I gave a 3.5. And your main event, Angels defending his Garden State Openweight Championship against Marcus Mathers. Uh, Marcus Mathers is, uh, <clears throat> yet yeah, another... Young and upcoming American high flyer that is highly rated, and this was a really solid match. I gave it a 3.5. Uh, yeah, just a, a good old indie high flying match. <laughs> what can I say? There is nothing particularly new or different about it, it was just really solid wrestling. 3.5 um all this show from garden state pro is free on youtube i would definitely recommend checking out some of the matches here that i rated high go out of your way to see bird law versus america's violence dealers it is so much fun then we move over to nxt level up why does this show exist well uh at least the opening match was a little better than usual soul ruka versus lash legend um yeah, Solruka is unrefined, but I there definitely is something there, and I can see why they're uh, they're pushing her so hard. Two point five. Obafemi versus Javier Bernal was a very forgettable match. I gave it a two point five. As did I give to Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen versus Bronco Nima and Zion Quinn. God how unfortunate to be named those things. Uh yeah more pitiful nxt drivel i do not see why this show has to be there especially when there were times where nxt absolutely could have used an extra show uh sad stuff real sad stuff then i was fortunate enough to check out some live wrestling just down the street from my house 365 pro wrestling's winter slam This show opened with a certified banker, Maxwell Benson versus Judas Icarus. Uh, Lately, Benson's been having really incredible matches with a lot of the um, uh, top-level Vancouver talent. Judas Icarus, of course, is one of those. So this match was up there with uh, his bout against uh, Travis Williams uh, last month. I really, really enjoyed this. They were chopping the shit out of each other. Very, very hard-hitting. Yeah. Benson clearly has a good mind for wrestling, and uh he could make a memorable match for a local indie. Really good stuff. 3.5. Then we had Eddie Osborne versus artha I've seen these guys wrestle so many times. Uh, and this was a very, very short match. Literally, Laxadartha just slammed Eddie in one. Two out of five. Then we had Inferno versus Rad Dad. Apparently, this is the start of a best of seven series. All right, then. Uh never seen Inferno before he was pretty decent, was obviously very new, but uh you know both these guys have something going on two point five I'd say, and then Eddie Osborne came out and challenged Laxidartha again and lost again two point two five love Eddie, but uh yeah just some big guys doing a couple big moves for a couple big minutes and then it's over then for your 365 combat championship Devin shooter versus liza hall uh this was a really enjoyable match love Devin shooter he needs to be booked more around bc he is such a professional he knows what he's there to do and does it very very well and liza hall I mean, this was worlds better than her match against Jody Threat. I feel like these two had uh, some pretty solid chemistry, and, uh, yeah, this was a fun one. Uh, Liza almost won the title, too. Except for that wrench. Fucking wrench. And then, following that, we have Travis Williams, the Golden Boy, versus Rose... Uh, Yeah, Rose is another kind of local rookie wrestler who's been having some really solid bouts against uh, the Vancouver Imports. Uh, Here again against Travis Williams. This one was a three out of five for me. Uh, Yeah, Travis definitely elevated this match to something uh, really, really good. I enjoyed it. And uh, then we had a tag match, Moment of Truth, Sawyer Stein and Sweet Daddy Soul versus Fallen Circus, Zach Andrews and Havico. This one was alright. It was a little messy. They don't do tag matches in 365 very often, but, uh, you know, this one was serviceable enough. I do like how Sweet Daddy Soul insists on wearing a necklace to the ring that always breaks immediately, and then there's beads all over the place every single match. (laughs) Give it up, dude. And then for your 365 Global Championship, a Carlton Street fight, Crofton versus Damian Keynes. This match had a lot of cookie sheets and uh, was in a solid brawl. Uh, one lady got hit in the leg with a cookie sheet and uh, Damian Keynes felt really bad about it. And then he lost. Way to go, dude. 2.75. It was a fun main event, but there were better matches on this show. And then, oh boy... Getting close to the end here. We uh, had NXT Vengeance Day. This is not TakeOver. (laughs) It's definitely not a TakeOver. Uh, but it is kind of interesting that even though this is a shell of what NXT supercards used to be, it was still far better than a lot of stuff WWE put out this month. Uh, so let's go through it. For the NXT North American Championship, Wes Lee versus Dijak. Uh, these guys worked pretty well together. Dijak is the kind of guy who can work really well with another big wrestler or work really well with a small wrestler too. Uh and yeah this one had some memorable spots and of course Dijak Jack breaking his finger in a most uh, disgusting manner. Uh yeah, good stuff. 3.5. And then for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, we have Katana Chance and Kaden Carter versus Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Porn name, porn name, porn name, porn name. You all have porn names. Jesus NXT, that's... Kaden Carter, I guarantee there's a real porn star with that name. Kiana James, come on. Just disgraceful. Anyways, Katana and Kaden have some pretty entertaining uh, tag spots, and this match was basically built around building to those. Uh, but then they lost. I imagine they might be getting called up to the main roster soon. This was okay. I mean... Katana and Caden have some fun duos moves, but yeah, I don't know. 2.75. Following that, two out of three falls. The rematch, Apollo Cruz versus Carmelo Hayes. Far and away the best WWE match I saw last month, and this one actually managed to eclipse it. Uh, yeah, once again, these guys came out ready to bump all over the fucking place. Apollo Crews just like standing on his head to make Carmelo Hayes look like the best in the world and uh I gotta say he might be one of the most exciting wrestlers WWE have under contract right now this was a tremendous match um yeah better than anything else the company has put out so far this year 3.75 uh good enough that I would be happy to see it on a better show so good job NXT and then for the NXT Tag Team Championship, a Fatal Four Way: The New Day versus Pretty Deadly versus Gallus versus Chase U, um, for a big chaotic four-way tag bout. This one was pretty solid, had some fun spots. Chase U seems to be extremely over. Um, yeah, pretty serviceable tag team title match, although I, you know, wouldn't call it a classic or anything. Two point seven five. And for the NXT Women's Championship, a triple threat Roxanne Perez versus Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. Uh, yeah, this was kind of a storyline match, I would say. It was, for the most part, uh, a handicap match, given that Dolan and JC Jane are tag team partners. Yeah, it was okay. I don't know. I expect uh, a little uh, higher caliber stuff from Roxanne Perez, but this. Match just had a lot of, like, lore to get through, I guess. Anyways, 2.75. And your main event for the NXT Championship in a steel cage match, Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. I actually liked their um, their cursed match uh, from before better than most people did, I'd say. I felt like what they did do before the turnbuckle broke was was interesting, and I wanted to see where they went for the rematch. Unfortunately, a steel cage match doesn't seem to be the way uh, to go. So what you have here is uh, Braun Breaker slowing his game down immensely, and Grayson Waller basically... I don't know. He didn't look strong in this match. He looked like he barely could hang with Braun Breaker, and I feel like his wrestling in the previous match made him look a lot better. Uh yeah this was kind of boring kind of slow took a long time to get nowhere really 2.75 for your championship steel cage nxt takeover main event uh pretty disappointing bro could have done a lot better than this and just to make sure that i have a little bit of new japan on this uh, episode as well because honestly new japan tour shows are rarely worth watching uh, I checked out the basically the main events or championship matches from the New Beginning and Sapporo shows. Uh, I am including the one from the 5th on here, which technically takes place next week, but I only watch three matches from each, so we'll just kind of make it like a compilation. Uh, so the first one I watched was Catch-2-2. TJP and Francesco Akira versus just four guys, or really just two guys, Doki and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Last time I saw these belts defended, it was one of my favorite matches of January, uh, the one featuring Yo and Leo Rush. This one did not have Leo Rush in it, so it was nowhere near as good, but still a very good Junior Heavyweight Tag Team bout. I gave it a 3.75. I love Catch-2-2. This is a fucking awesome team, and I hope to see more of them very soon. Then we have Tai Chi versus Will Ospreay. Um, not, you know, a bombastic, incredible Will Ospreay performance here, but he had a really solid match with Tai Chi. This one was kind of based around Tai Chi being the hometown hero uh, and Will Ospreay not having the crowd support. Uh, 3.75, a solid bout overall. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Much better than the main event, though. This was a stinky one. Tetsuya Naito versus Shota Umino. Oh, man. It went on way too fucking long. Over half an hour of mostly nothing happening. Uh, There were a lot of awkward moments. Some spots that didn't fire correctly. Maybe these guys just don't click right. I don't know, but this did not need to be 34 minutes. Uh, Naito's had some kind of disappointing uh, big matches lately and this is uh, one to add to the pile 2.5 really disappointing main event i would say go out of your way to avoid it and then on the show from the fifth i checked out starting with the iwgp tag team championships bichamon uh, Hiroki Gotu and Yoshihashi versus The Mighty Don't Kneel. Shane Haste, and Mikey Nichols. Love TMDK, and Bishamon is a cool team as well. Uh, this is a pretty enjoyable match. Um, I'm very happy that uh, Shane and Mikey are in New Japan. It's a good tag division for them to be in, and hopefully gives them chances to appear elsewhere as well. This was a 3.25. Not amazing, but uh, better than Naito versus Umino. And then for your New Japan World Television, te- uh, <clears throat> and then for your New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television Championship, Zack Saber Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, I'm fucking loving Zack Saber Jr. as the Television Champion. These 15 minute matches really give him a chance to shine and cram a lot of good stuff into a fast paced match. Uh, and he has really good chemistry with Ishii, so this was a fun one. 3.75. I definitely recommend it. And then your main event, Hiromu Takahashi vs. Yo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. This was, again, a fairly long match. It was over 20 minutes, but had so much better flow than Tetsuya Naito versus Shu Umano. Um, a lot more going on, had a sense of urgency, whereas the Naito match just didn't feel like it was in a hurry to get anywhere. Uh yeah, this match didn't waste my time. It felt like a main event. Um, not incredible, and I won't be remembering it towards the end of the year, but, you know, this this was a main event match, and it was, it was good stuff. Uh, so 3.25 for me there. Oh, just about an hour in, and we're finally through all the wrestling I watched. And hey, it looks like I'm going to be watching more, because they just... They just don't stop making it. It just keeps happening. It just keeps coming out. Like, you know, when uh, your toilet overflows and there's just that moment where you're like, what can I do? And you're just like panicking. That's wrestling all the time. It's just an overflowing toilet that you cannot stop. And if you try and do something. I don't know. I'm torturing this metaphor. Smoke weed and watch wrestling. You can follow the show at Throatator Show, uh, at Throatator Show on, on Twitter. I'm going to be back in a week if I don't die from wrestling overdose. See you later, I guess.